Hello and welcome to Blaze Pod. It is Monday, the twenty fourth of January. My name is Ben, and on the line is Andrew. How's it going, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yes, I'm fine and dandy, thank you. And uh, yeah, contrary to what some people may believe, we did not. The reason we didn't record last week wasn't because we were very mardy after the two midweek results, but it has worked out quite nicely. We, we'd resolved to do it yeah. after the Luton game, regardless. And now here we are. Yeah. So um, here's well, what I'd like to put out, actually, before I forget that, you know, everyone, obviously, if people didn't know, my dog passed away, which is. Probably the main reason why we didn't do anything last week. So, uh, yeah, emotional wreck. Uh, but thanks for all the comments and everything. It genuinely did mean a lot to me, that. Um, all the the well wishes and the, the condolences and everything. So, genuinely, you know, massive shout out and thanks for that. Nice. Very, uh, yeah, it was it was heartwarming to see the uh, the, the reaction from the, the community, I suppose. And, um, yeah, nice, nice yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Since we last spoke, uh, we've played three league games. We've been to two of them and uh, watched the other one on television. Um, and and mm. here's how we're going to do this, I think. We're, we're, obviously, I, I don't think it's necessary to sort of drill into each game uh, in, in great detail because obviously one of them was uh, like eight or nine days ago now. So I think we'll, we'll discuss where we're at after these three games, I suppose. And then mm. in the back half of the podcast, we're going to talk... Uh, well, mainly about goalkeepers actually, because there's been a lot of goalkeeper movement at Sheffield United, but um, yeah. other other transfers out and in, and uh, look ahead to Peterborough at the weekend as well. Because uh, yeah, despite having a billion games coming up in the next eight weeks or something, we're not playing a midweek game this week. Which it's really, uh, yeah, I, I, you pointed out to me uh, privately that you're, you're quite glad about that, and I, and I do agree because those three games. We're in quick succession. We're possibly, yeah, a week might do as good with the rest of the games we've got coming up in quick succession. So, yeah, the the main reason for me is um, more time for Gibbs White to get fit and get back in the team because, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the rest of the season probably rests on his shoulders. To be honest, but yeah. anyway, yeah. three games. Uh, if anyone who has been living under a rock or doesn't follow Sheffield United, in which case, slightly odd that you listen to this podcast, but it's fine. All are welcome here. We'll, <laughs> we'll not judge you. Uh, we had a 2-0 defeat at Derby County. Then we went to Preston and drew 2-all after leading 2-0 uh, with Preston now to 10 men. Then at the weekend, we played Luton uh, and won 2-0. Now, we've played three mid-table teams there in a week. Like I know, I know Derby is second bottom, but uh, if you add on the 21 points that they've had deducted, they actually mm-hmm. would be one point behind us in the table. So very firmly mid-table. Uh, what was the other team? Preston, where the heck are they at the moment? Yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're, they're just below us, I think. Yeah. yeah, 15, three points behind us. And but they were on a good run, in fairness, Preston, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they were a decent run. So. But still very mid-table. And then Luton, who were actually ahead of us before this weekend's game anyway. So we played mm. three mid-table teams, won one, drawn one, lost one, scored four, conceded four. And that right there is this season in a <laughs> nutshell, I think. Changed my yeah. mind. No, you're right. I think I think I, I put a couple of tweets out after the the Preston game about. I don't think we're a terrible side. I think there's a lot of people, you know, seeing oh we're awful, we're rubbish. I think we're just bang average. And obviously, I, I thought this before the Luton game, which we'll come on to. But I haven't really seen anything in the last three. I don't want to be too negative, but I haven't seen anything in the last three that makes me think we're going to suddenly shoot up the league. It's just sort of confirmed what we are. We're, we're probably going to win a couple, lose a couple, draw a couple, and I think that'll be it. For the rest of the season, I think we've probably hit the peak of possibly top ten is probably the peak of this this team. I hope I'm wrong, yeah. you know. And obviously, we, we've got a the, the win on uh, Saturday will hopefully give us confidence, and I, and the the run before obviously the massive break that we had. I I can only be honest though, and I can only say what I'm seeing and logically thinking, and it, that is that this week will probably sum us up for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I mean, I think you said to, uh, I think you said to us in the pub beforehand, actually, like uh, before the Luton game, mm. that um, you know if, if we just have something to play for going into the last couple of games of the season, and, and mm. you obviously mean uh, at least an outside shot at the playoffs, then you'd probably yeah. take that. And yeah. I, I think we all would, wouldn't we? I mean, I, I know we have a couple of games in hand on. I mean, we've got three games in hand on Huddersfield, uh, two games in hand on Middlesbrough when they finish playing. Because um, they're, they're about to kick off, yeah. I think, aren't they tonight? Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I guess as you say, you know, these three games, they, they, 
and and to an extent, the games that came before under Heckingbottom as well, they haven't made me think like, oh, we're transformed. Like you know, we no. we're suddenly going to claw back all this deficit. And I really do think without Gibbs White, it's it's such a big ask. I mean, to sort of mm. uh, you know, the performance wise, the three games Derby we obviously went to, and that was it was a woeful performance, Appalling. wasn't it? I mean, absolutely awful performance. That yeah, dreadful game. Um, but we yeah. did. Next to nothing. Uh, did we have? I mean, we had sort of one kind of decent chance, which actually I think came... the Billy Sharp shot, yeah, where he, from a long yeah, throw, he, sort of, he should have done, yeah, from from uh, JLT's, uh, yeah, one of his uh, famous throws, <laughs> and he should have done better. But I still don't think it, I've seen people like describe that as a sitter. I don't think it was a sitter. I think no. he'd have done well to score it, um, and that were it, and that were literally it. And Derby had two shots, and they both went in, and they were two wonder goal, brilliant goals from Lawrence, but. The best thing about that game um, is Jack Robinson's tackle on Reese Norrington Davis. They sent him out, which I thought were absolutely phenomenal comedy. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to confess, I didn't think that at the time. <laughs> Stood in the oh, crowd. Oh, furious. Oh, furious. It was only like a couple of days after and I, yeah. when, I, like, when I could laugh about it. I could smile about it now, but at the time it was terrible. <laughs> it, it is, to be fair, genuinely very funny, and especially coming off the back of what we said, I think, on the last podcast about Reese Norrington Davis and how the poor bugger just keeps getting played next to Jack Robinson and then yeah. next thing you know he's getting <laughs> literally taken out by Robinson on the character. Yeah. And to be fair to Robinson in that, he's gone for the ball, he's missed it. He just looks funny. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people to blame in that. Probably Hooraham as well mm-hmm. can take at least a, a bigger share of the blame than maybe even even Robinson, it's a, some may say. Yeah. I mean, who do you... Uh, do, you do you think anyone's had a... If you take these three games, would you put? Would you say anyone's had like a good week or a bad week, particularly like bunching the three games oh. together, like like to the extent where you can sort of draw a conclusion about like, oh, they're you know maybe they're improving their form or maybe their form is just becoming disastrous. I, I, I think I actually think I think Noble's done all right this week. Mm. Um, I don't think he's been like ten out of ten or anything like that, but I think. Everyone rubbish against Derby, pretty much. I think Njai's had a good week, which I'll come on to in a minute. But I think Norwood in the last two, which first half against Preston, I thought were really good, and pretty much the whole game against uh, Luton. Luton, yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was decent. I don't think it was like a man of the match performance from any you know in any of those games. But I think he he's certainly first choice midfielder, which was wasn't something you could say about him in the early part of the season. You know, we've done pods where we say, you know, we need to get rid of him and. You know, now he is. It's Norwood and someone else, I think, in that in that midfield too. So I think he's had a decent week, and I think Njai, as well as I'm not surprised, but I think he's now got to the point where we have to play him every week. None of this sort of, unless he's not fit, none of this sort of. Oh, we'll we'll put him on the bench, and so he has to play. The yeah. idea of him, Gibbs White, and Brewster is quite exciting to me because Brewster's another one I think's had a decent week, despite the misses <laughs> against Preston. You know, with, with a bit more composure, he could have had an hat-trick and he could have had, you know, four goals or whatever, three goals to his name. The fact he's getting in position, he's looking more like a footballer now, Brewster, I think. Mm. I don't think he's the finished article. But I said to you, if you take away the transfer fee, which obviously you can't, but if you take away the transfer fee and you see Rian Brewster as a 21-year-old academy product who's coming to the team this season, you'd actually be saying... You know what? He's doing all right. He's got lots to learn, but he's not. You know, he can see the potential here, mm. and it's it's difficult to change your mindset because we know how much he costs and the hype and everything about him. But I do think if you think of him, his age is twenty one years old, and he's not played that much first team football. There's definitely signs there for me that Brewster's getting to some sort of level where we want him to be. Yeah, no, no. Brewster's the the first name I thought of really. Um, even even with those misses, you said he he just. <clears throat> to kind of just echo what you said, really, he's affecting the game much more. He's so much yeah. more. I mean, I, I, I would be probably like if you looked at just looked at the data of how many touches he's having. It probably, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that it hasn't actually increased that much versus where he was earlier in the season. But no. I he's think actually going to start where he's had. Sorry, he had more shots than passes on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, as, I read that as, <laughs> Possible. Um, he certainly. He said. I think he had the most shots out of all our players on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to the Luton game in a second, I suppose. But um, yeah, he, he's actually is involved in the game in a meaningful way, and you know, it's obviously uh, he got a goal against Luton. He's got two players sent off in consecutive games there, and I 
you know, yeah. I, I emphasise that he got those players sent off with his mm. movement, his dribbling or his running, his strength mm. um, that forced the defenders to grab hold of his shirt as the only yep. option to try and slow him down. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, how long's he been here now? Eighteen months, near enough. Yeah, we, we yeah, haven't seen yeah. anything like that, like up until the last. I don't know, five or six games for him or something like that. So I, I think I'm not being harsh. I think in the especially last season, obviously a higher level, I think he looked like a, a child playing football. I think mm. he he was sort of, I think he was trying, but I think he just he sort of didn't know where to stand, didn't know where to look. You thinking what what's that? He looked like a, a, a someone who come from the U team way too early. Yeah. Now he's looking like somebody who has got potential to do something. And as you said, I play him every match because I don't think, I personally don't think we're going to get the players or anything this season. I think he's here. No one's going to buy him and no one's mm. going to take his wages off. Just let's try and get him some confidence. Yeah, and uh, develop an asset we've invested in. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bogle's another one like that, by the way. Bogle's another one who's had a good week. Bogle's all had a good week. What, what a team. What a team! Yeah, I know. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> but, but I thought Bogle had a, a, a obviously scored against uh, Preston. He were appalling against Derby, to be fair. Now I think he were probably our best player against Luton. Mm. But uh, Bogle's another one I'd like to like sort of. He's I think he's twenty one. I think I think that's right. Yeah, um, max, maximum twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really easy to forget because we think of oh we bought this player in for I don't know how much he costs obviously because Max Low came with him. We brought this player in for a lot of money in the Premier League, and he should be, you know, ripping it up and stuff. He's, he's a, yeah, and he's twenty. He is twenty-one. Yeah, twenty-one years old, and he's another one who's learning and, and coming on. And for all the the doom and gloom, and there is a lot, and I'm not going to sort of get carried away. I think the likes of Brewster and Bogle and players like that can only improve. And there's obvious talent there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to circle back to the Preston game, I mean. As infuriating as uh, Brewster's misses were, um, so he had two. There was one where he got played in behind and he, he hit a left foot shot over the bar. Yeah. Uh, and then another one where was, there was a good bit of play in the box and he sort of spanned the last defender and put it wide from the corner, corner of the six-yard box. A, a really excellent chance that he just completely fluffed, basically. But mm. he got in those positions. He wasn't doing that before. And no. As we as he saw in well, I guess as we've seen in those last three or four appearances, if he does that often enough, he is going to hit the target and score uh-huh. goals because he he has got a good shot on him. I really, I don't think many of our only probably only Sharp would score the goal that Brewster scored against Luton. Yeah, but... I think the the touch was fantastic to set himself up to get the shot off, and then just the instant spin and hit. Mm-hmm. I mean it. Obviously, it goes straight down the middle and through the goalkeeper. But the reason it does that is because he spins and hits it so quickly with the so keeper. Quick. Very not... much like the Bristol City goal, actually. Uh, yes, yeah. Sorry, my. Uh, that's so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So yeah, I did have this thing this weekend where at the Luton game where I was like, I haven't seen a score a goal at Bramall Lane that wasn't a penalty since I think it was October the sixteenth. It was the. McGoldrick's winner against Stoke was my the last time I'd seen a score a home goal. And that's they're only missing one home game, so it just shows you <laughs> yeah. how shows you how many home games we've uh, we've had postponed or whatever. Yeah, um, well, I suppose that is another thing if we're talking about total promotion. I'll, I'm, I'll play. I should say we'll obviously come to it later, but there's an awful lot of games at home now, and mm. the atmosphere is appalling. Don't get me wrong, but I think <laughs> a lot of the reason the atmosphere is so bad is because we're just mid-table nothingness at the moment. We we. I think the atmosphere would have been a lot better and it would have been more encouraging to the players if, for instance, that win would have taken us two points off the playoffs. But we knew even by winning we were going to be eight points off with loads of games. And it's really difficult to muster the enthusiasm at the moment, especially coming off the back of that 2-2 against Preston. Yeah, I mean, that was... Uh, I know I know, we're jumping around all over, the, all over here, <laughs> but that was utterly appalling what happened in the second half at Preston. Yeah. I mean, uh, probably the... I, I, I don't know. Is that is that the worst sort of outcome of the season? Almost. I mean, I, I'd say I was more. Well, it's the most professional I've seen. I said. I said after the game, and I probably jumped my gun on a bit, a bit emotional. But I said they, they, they become a really unlikable team in a high head. And what I meant by that is a, a, any sort of decent team with a, with a with an out sort of a, of an ounce of professionalism see that game out so easily. 
it, it's, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen anyway. You two and a lot with whatever it were, fifteen minutes to go. The fact they had ten men and they could have won it in the end. Yeah, yeah. Is it's just I think that were unforgivable. I don't think there's any defence for that at all. And the, Heckingbottom pointed out the the experienced players we had on the pitch as well. Yeah, you've got Hurahan, Norwood, uh, McGoldrick Basham, on the Egan. pitch, Basham, Egan. These are players who've you know I think yes, they even run the pitch when it were when it were two one. I think these are players who've played a lot of games that it shouldn't happen at all. It's not a team of kids. Yeah, I know, and this is what frustrates me. When it's I don't disagree with people that say like, oh, the you know this team's just mentally short or whatever. But mm. part of me is like, come on, lads, you're playing Preston. Like, you know, we're not playing Liverpool or Sheffield Wednesday. Or this isn't a big game anymore. It's it was what was it like, like 13th versus 15th yeah. or something. Like, come on, just what? How can you fall apart in this? It's not like Preston have fantastic players or anything. I mean, I I can't remember. No, I, go ahead. Sorry, sorry go on. No, no, go on. Uh, now, so Basham's interview after, I don't know if you saw it, he was basically saying, oh, we weren't talking to each other and, you know, we, we weren't we weren't good enough to... And you're thinking, well, talk then. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're you experienced players. As I said, we played like a side who had sort of three 19-year-olds at the back and, you know, mm. a couple of young loan players in midfield, like, like the Derby side. I can imagine them doing that because of the youngsters they've got in the pitch. And that wasn't us. We had a really experienced lineup out. Yeah, they, uh, just a really bad job by everyone involved in that, I think. I mean, the substitutions uh, didn't help matters, I think, not only in terms of like the, the tactical side of it, you know, uh, taking uh, leaving Sharp on for 90 yeah. minutes, I suppose, and instead of putting someone with, uh, uh, I don't know, a bit more pace on, I suppose. Like, <laughs> you talk about uh, an Ollie Burke. <laughs> I am, well, we'll talk about him even more later. Would have made. I mean, obviously, this is a hindsight, it's 2020 kind of thing, but... That would have made more sense to me at the time, I think. Um, and then I think the players who came on were also pretty bad, to be honest. I mean, the worst I've probably ever seen McGoldrick play in that little spell. I think. Yeah. I don't know if he did anything right. And uh, I, I will stick up for Eckingbottom with the subs to a degree. The the subs didn't help. Don't get me wrong, but I can understand why he took Brewster and Njai off in the sense that Njai, we know struggles to last ninety minutes. Bruce had just come back from an injury. Yeah, true. Saturday, and you think ten men. You know, we'll put a couple of experienced players on, but Birder and McGoldrick aren't bad subs. True, <laughs> you know, they're not, but they just play like badly. We're throwing, yeah, we're not throwing like children out or anything like that. We, I'm sure Eckingbottom thought, well, this will be enough to see it out against ten men. That's that is very fair, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, a, a shocking cameo from Berger coming off the back of a. Oh. I mean, my my brother uh, said that he he uh, act, literally punched his phone when he um, which he was watching the game on. When um, when Berger did that pass, like right near the oh. end, we were winning two. I think we were still winning two one at that point. It was yeah. Uh, and he was. Um, I mean, I actually just want to check this. Berger started at Derby, right? I'm not dreaming this. Yes, he did. Well, you, I can understand why you forgot that. Because yeah, he did very little. But exactly. Yeah, um, yeah he was appalled, and I think he was probably the worst player at Derby actually for me. Yeah, you're probably right, to be honest. Yeah, just looking then again, Hurahan came team. on and <laughs> we all went to pot, so maybe we're doing something that we didn't see. But... I want, you know what you're saying about like unlikable and stuff, and I don't dislike the vast majority of players that are playing for us at the moment. No. I'll choose my words carefully there. Um, <laughs> but when I see Hurahan and Norwood next to each other in midfield, it, it, it does pain me a little bit. I just think like... Is this it? Is this really the best that we can put out there? And it and it probably isn't because obviously Gibbs White would start normally. I'm sure Berger would be starting every game if yeah, he was fully fit. Yeah. And I'm sure he would be better uh, in the main than than those two. But it's sorry against Preston, even before it were two nil or whatever. Um, you know, just just running past and and uh, those two midfielders, and it is. It pains me watching them try and get back. Like, oh, I no. I will stick up from to a degree. I thought against Preston when they had the ball, there were a little couple of like touches and stuff like that, and they linked up quite well. And I think, I think that when we're in control of a game, they're fine because they're both mm-hmm. decent on the ball. You're completely right in the sense that when teams attack us, it reminded me the Preston game reminded me of Barnsley mm-hmm. <clears throat> earlier in the season, where Barnsley just thought, do you know what? If we just run directly through the middle of the pitch at them. They don't know what to do. And that is, unfortunately, largely down to the lack of mobility of Norwood, Hurahan, Fleck, Berger, whoever plays. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, 
it do, it so frustrates me the lack of um, athleticism. Athleticism, in this team. I think is, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think we probably are the most unathletic side in the league, and I don't mean that in a unfit, <clears throat> in a sweeping way, statement. I, I really do. I don't think you're going to get many less physical and slower midfields than we've got. Yeah, um, a few play, players kind of showed some more positive signs against Luton uh, in that regard. Mm. I think anyway. Yeah. I mean, Mentioned Norrington Davis here, um, who again ended up playing next to Jack Robinson against Luton. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you were you were quite high on this performance, right, against Luton. And you know, when I sort of thought about it, I was like, do you know what? He, he, his finishing was absolutely appalling. He, he, yeah, he, he could have easily. He, sh- he should have had an hat trick, not could have. He should <laughs> he have had a hat trick. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he had. Yeah, I think he had five shots inside their box. Uh, you know, he had, he had one that deflected just over, but. The rest were varying degrees of awful, but he, he is quite athletic. I think he's not, you know, huge, powerful specimen kind of guy, no. but he does seem to have quite a good engine going up and down that side. Yeah, and... yeah he's a very fit, very fit player. I don't think I think he lacks a bit of pace and stuff, and I'm still not sold on him. Yeah, I think that was the best he played for me. I think that's the best I've seen him play, um, just purely because he stretched the play really, really well. And obviously, that this would be for the man advantage as well. I don't remember seeing Stevens, for instance, get into those forward areas hmm. all season. Certainly not as many times. And obviously, you have to. Luton were awful in this particular match, so you, you've got to put put that into it as well. But Norton Davis getting into like the six yard box from a from a left wing back position. This is like the glory years of hmm. <laughs> you know when Stevens used to do it, um, and then obviously Bogle on the other side. I think. He panicked with obviously a couple of uh, shots, but he, he played like a left winger, and then mm. and that's what we've not seen a lot of. And I think he stretched the play really well. And yeah, I, I I'm not sold on him at all, to be honest. But right now, he's done more than Stevens to keep the shirt for the next few games. I think. Yeah, Max Lowe is the uh, the elephant in the room, I suppose. So yeah. Uh, yeah, in in eighth place with Forest at the moment, and, and having a very good season by by yeah. all accounts. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I think I'd just like to see I'd like to see Norton Davis just play there for the rest of the season. To be honest, like he might not be the best option we have on the books, but I feel mm. like where we are in the league, just mm. let's just see what we have with him. Like, I know, I, he's, I know, he's still thing, only I think, young. I think by the end of this month, we'll, we'll or the end of February, should I say? I think we'll know pretty much where we're going to be. Like realistically, are we still in with a chance of the playoffs? If we if we're still this amount of points off. And all the games have sort of caught up and everything. I think this is the time where you say, right, we're going to stick with Norton Davis because he's a young kid. He's mm-hmm. on a fairly big contract. He's going to be here next season. This is where you stick with Brewster. This is where you stick with Njai. And just try and work some partnerships out for next season and work some sort of form into people and confidence and what Heckingbottom wants from him. I think right now there's an argument still that the, the season's not dead. So you can still say, well, if Stevens is... You know, if, if, if Heckingbottom prefers him overall, yeah, put him in. But I think mm. once we're realistically out of the playoff race, that's when I'd stick with the likes of Norton Davis, no matter sort of how they're playing, really. Yeah, fair enough. I think Bulldogs can have a job getting back in the team, I think, with uh, mm-hmm. unless, you know, something happens to Bogle, fitness-wise. Touch it's, it's bizarre because we're after money, obviously, and I think we've got two really good right-backs there at this level, the right wing-backs, very different wing-backs mm-hmm. with Bogle and Bulldog. I, I I think I've said from the start of the season, if we're in de- need of any money to bring other play- players in, I think we could get away with selling one of those and maybe even having uh, go on the young lad Sariki. Sariki uh, is. I mean, I don't know if he's good enough to be honest. So maybe I've gone too far, but I don't think we need two fullbacks, two right wing backs at the club worth five, six million or whatever the value will be. Mm. Yeah, maybe not. Um, Jack Robinson, <laughs> an interesting legend. Week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> mutual friend Eggy suggested I uh, owe him an apology after he got on the score sheet against Lewin, um, which I think I think was uttered tongue in cheek because I did yeah, say yeah, yeah. I just don't want to see him on the team sheet ever again. Um, no. but to be I mean, fair to me, I've been saying that since about the fourth game of the season, and I, and I stand yeah. by it. He, he was on my shortlist of players that I didn't want to see play for us ever again. Mm. Um, he had a good game against Luton. Can't argue with that. Uh, I still don't think he's a very good player. Uh, and Luton was shocking. How? Yeah, look, I'm such not going to go. Game. 
the one thing there. I'll stick up for Jack Robinson with is you cannot fault his effort, and we've said this many mm. a time. He's not someone who just like oh he can't be bothered and he, he puts it back. He's obviously trying, and his confidence level. I saw his interview after, and, and I, yeah, I felt for him because he was saying like he, he sees things online and he knows he's not being great and he knows he needs to get. And for me personally, he's probably playing at a level just above just above his standard, probably by division or something like that. Mm. But that's not his fault, and he's not let his head go down or anything like that. And you know, I, I, as you said, if Davis is back next week or whatever, yeah, obviously he comes back in. But fair play to him because he's not. I know a lot, a lot of people seem to hate him. I, I really don't because he, I can see he's putting the effort in. He's just just not good enough. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's certainly not a personal vendetta against this no, player. No, all the we've just... these players in this squad who I dislike more in terms of like, right, you're a talented player. What are you doing? This yeah. guy's trying his hardest. He's probably just at a level above the where he's where he should be. I guess so. Yeah. Why on earth did we sign him for the Premier League? For goodness' sake. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. For me, I was just thinking like, oh, can we not just can we not just try Go- uh, Karen Gordon here? Like, I thought that, yeah. I thought we could just try it, or, or even Norrit and Davis at left centre-half or anything. But fair play to him, he got his goal. And Is that the first centre-half to score for us this season? Has mm, Egan not scored? Possibly not. I can't think of Egan scoring a goal, no. Davis was... obviously hasn't. No, Davis hasn't. Basham hasn't. No, we don't have many other centre-backs, do we? So probably not. I can't think of anyone else. No. Wow. But yeah, keep him in. Um, <laughs> a, uh, a rare set piece goal from United, who are even after that one of the worst set piece teams in the whole league. Um, yeah. No way, and and factually, like you've seen it with your yeah. own eyes. It's not just like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Norwood swings it in. This is one nil up at this point after the Brewster goal. Uh, they neglect to mark Jack Robinson whatsoever, and uh, yeah, he, he sticks it away in front of the cop for his first ever Blades goal. Um, I did laugh uh, during the Preston game where the red button commentator was. I think Norwood had a shot from distance, and uh, the commentator was like, "Oh, he's, you know, he's he's got a like the occasional screamer in his locker or something." And I was thinking, when did he last score for us? It wasn't a penalty, Norwood, and I believe it was the Brentford away game in yeah. the promotion season, which would have been like October twenty eighteen. Yeah, and I'm so, like, pretty sure three and a half years. Eight. He scored. He scored in the FA Cup a goal against uh, Millwall. That's right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, in the league. In the Brentford. league, and before that was from the free kick, I believe against Villa. Villa. Yeah, and then he scored a couple pens, and that's it. And, and then, yeah, they just sent, it just sent me down a mental tangent of like, it's insane how unproductive a lot of our consistent yeah. players are because I, yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I would hazard a guess we're talking. I don't know, maybe 120 appearances between, you know, from no, from that last non-penalty goal by Norwood to today. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say the same for, uh, you know, Ender Stevens has probably played 70 games since his last, maybe not that many, maybe 50 league games since his last league goal, which was, yeah, uh, what was that, like March 2000, and, uh, March 2020? Bulldog yeah. hasn't, Some, yeah. Bulldog hasn't scored since, uh, what was that? January 2020, I think. Um, so, yeah, you just look at these players who've played a lot of minutes for us. Basham, obviously, is an yeah. uh, irregular goal scorer. I don't think Egan scored last season, did he? And this, I think I text you this uh, at the Preston uh, game where for all the stick Vogel gets defensively, and he does, and, and, and rightly so, that's definitely something he needs to improve on. He's quite comfortably outside of the strikers, our top goal scorer in the past two seasons. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and he, he keeps popping up. I mean, he, he gets a, an assist in inverted commas against Luton, doesn't he, for yeah, smashing yeah, yeah. that shot 20 yeah. yards wide, but fortunately straight into uh, to Brewster's uh, <laughs> circumference, I suppose, for him to I mean, control he's got, it. He's got, he's got four goals for us in 30 games, which is not a, a brilliant record, but any stretch of imagination. Hmm. But if this is right, then Oliver Norwood's got the same amount of goals in uh, 138 games. Yeah, and, t- and two of those will be penalties at least. And two of them are penalties, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't really to single out Norwood with that one. It just sort of made, no, me, no, no. made me laugh in a kind of uh, cry-laugh way that's like, how is our midfield this unproductive? I know the team was dreadful last season, but it is just yeah. it is just shocking, the, last, the lack of goals from players who've played a lot of 
minutes and games for us. I mean, um, Hurahan's on 16 games now and he's not scored, which is a lot for a midfielder, really. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the thing with that, that Norwood comment from the uh, commentary, I was like, when was the last time he hit the damn hot target, you know? Like, I feel like every one of his shots... I how many shot... times he's hit the target in his United career, actually. <laughs> how many, in all seriousness, how many times do you think he's hit the target this season? I, I, don't, I, I don't have it in front of me, but um, I'm just I'm curious say... what you say. Two, two or three. Yeah, I would say less than less than less than five, probably. I can only remember one that were again. I think when he tried to chip the keeper from miles away. Oh yeah, there's that one. He did have a free kick that uh, he hit straight at the goalkeeper. I remember in mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Long ago. but yeah. I'd be really surprised if it was more than um, yeah, more than five at this yeah. point. Which is that's not good, is it? I got let, let no. me see if I can find this actually. Uh, accuracy. Come on, who scored? Let's do the business. Here. <laughs> uh, he's had four shots on target. Four shots on target. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing. That, that... <laughs> he's played almost 2,000 minutes and had four shots on target this season. But that's the thing. That's oh. fine. If you've got someone else there, this is where the Hurahan Norwood thing, the, the, the mm. problem, I suppose, is that Hurahan himself, I don't know how many shots he's had. I imagine it's not more than about two. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, two, two shots. Yeah, on target. Yeah, and he's played more games than, like I say, he's played 16 games for us. So mm-hmm. that's between them, play, pretty much a full season with a game between them. And between them, they've got uh, what was it, eight shots? Sorry, oh no, six shots. So this is shots on target. Yeah, shots on target. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Norwood, Norwood four, Huran two. I'll keep going, yeah. mate. Uh, Fleck oh, nine, nineteen appearances, three shots on target. Sanderberg uh, eleven appearances, one shot on target. So that's uh, four, six, ten shots on target between four midfielders who've played about forty games combined, fifty it's games just not combined. Good enough, is it? About whichever way you look at it. Not really. I mean, if the rest of the, if we had Mitrovic and someone else who was scoring, you know, if our strikers were sat on fifteen and eighteen goals apiece, or yeah, something, yeah, and the the wing backs were chipping in, you know, the other side was chipping in to the degree that, um, well, actually, Bo, it's Bogle, but he's only got one goal, I think, hasn't he, this season, Bogle? It's two this season. Two this two, season. Two now. goals. Yeah. This so the rest yeah. of the team was kind of chipping in, I suppose, and it's less of an issue. But when your midfielders go, when your set pieces have been some of the worst in the entire championship, yeah. Yeah, it's it's asking a lot for. Uh, it's like we were saying before the game. Uh, what is our strongest area? And I'm not sure. I'd probably say defense, mm-hmm. which is weird mm-hmm. because I'm not sort of sold on that. But it's the, probably the most stable area with Basham and Egan there, yeah. uh, and obviously Wes playing so well. Um, I'm absolutely convinced our weakest position is the central midfield, though. Yeah. For sure. just, just to stick up, by the way, as I said, I was sticking up for Norwood to say he had a good week. Mm-hmm. I do think it's definitely Norwood and one other. I think Norwood is definitely our best central midfielder at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and he did have a good game against Luton. And as you mm-hmm. said, I, I completely agree with everything you said about uh, it was good against Preston, like with the ball. Uh, Derby, the entire team was shocking. I've still yeah. not seen any signs that Norwood and Berger as a pair in midfield is um no, no. is going to is going to bear through even though that's you know that was kind of what he was sort of brought here to do Berger and you know that yeah. seems to be the like notionally the best use of him i suppose but yeah we've not it, seen on paper that, so. it seems really sort of i know the very similar place so on paper it doesn't work but as we know Berger's probably at his best when he's going forward we saw it a little bit against uh, Luton where mm. He glides past players when he wants to. I won't even say when he wants to. He seems to like confidence and don't sort of realise how much bigger and better he is than a lot of players that he's coming up against and he's sort of sensitive. But that should be, you know, Norwood sitting back and Berger being the driver going forward, but obviously just doesn't work. Yeah. So uh, I guess a few signs of it against Luton, albeit 10-man Luton, who mm. uh, were wasting time at um, at 2-0 down before they went down to 10-men. Um, yeah. Which I think says says everything really. They were the second worst side I've seen, Lou. And I really before this, obviously we didn't do a pod, but if we were going to do one, you'd have asked me my prediction. Are they going to draw? Because they're in really good form. We saw a little bit of them last week against uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, yeah. The game. Good side, and obviously Kenilworth Road, difficult place to go. But I expected them to be far better than they were. I didn't expect them to. It was probably just an off game for him, judging by the yeah. rest of the results. They beat some good sides. Um, but yeah, I, this is the thing. Did we make them look bad? I don't actually think we did. I think they were really, really poor and offered nothing. One yeah. save, I think, from Wes, really. 
Yeah, in the first half from uh, mm. former Blades target Cameron Jerome. I was... Cameron Jerome. I can't believe he's still playing. Because he, he's, he's come up with it like Jerome on his bike or whatever. Yeah. Cameron Jerome. <laughs> the Cameron. Well, I think we, we actually Googled him. It was like, oh, yeah, it. Sorry, all right. That, yeah, telling a lie there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we, we weren't sure, were we? So I was like, I must, must just be some other footballer called Cameron Jerome. It doesn't seem like the most unusual <laughs> name. But no, he's uh, he's still going strong. Um, say again? In the championship as well. In the championship, yeah. Uh, he's actually younger than Billy Sharp, though, I think. So. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's younger than you and I, certainly. So yes, who are we is. to mock? Uh, on, on that note... <laughs> Let's have a quick break, and we're going to talk goalkeepers, including um, another man who's had a pretty good week, I think, but uh, is, is due a bit of love, and that is uh, League One Wes. So, quick break, and we'll be back to discuss that. Hello, Blades Pod listener. A quick break to tell you about a sponsor of this podcast, NordVPN. Now, I use NordVPN myself. It is a fast and secure service that significantly boosts my online privacy and security. It does this by encrypting my traffic on both web and mobile, so I never have to worry about unsecure websites, unsecure apps, unsecure public Wi-Fi networks. NordVPN takes care of all of that for me and a lot more as well. Uh, one of those things that uh, qualifies as a lot more, I suppose, is uh, the ability to change my virtual location with NordVPN with just a single click, and that gives me access to all kinds of streaming platforms uh, that are not available in the UK, which is a very, very handy feature. As anyone who has watched uh, football on a on a laptop screen, I suppose, maybe maybe fully aware of that. So that is NordVPN. They are a sponsor of this podcast, as I said, and they have a special offer for BladesPod listeners. All you need to do is head to nordvpn.com slash bladespod or use the code bladespod when you sign up. You'll get 70% or 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus an additional month for free. It is also completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. So that's nordvpn.com slash blazepod, or use the code blazepod when you sign up and you get a 70% off. Thank you very much for listening. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, we've had some transfer movement, mate, in the uh, the last week. In fact, it's, it feels like a good transfer window already, is <laughs> even though... <laughs> yeah. We haven't yeah. actually signed anyone yet. Um, yeah. So it, since we last recorded, we said cheerio to Robin Olsen. We said cheerio to Michael Verrips. We said cheerio to Ollie Burke, who's gone on loan to Millwall. Yep. Uh, and it looks like we're all but about to say cheerio to Regan Slater as well, who's going to yeah. transfer to Hull City. But let's talk keepers specifically for now. Um because the rumour is that Adam Davies of Stoke is going to be joining very shortly, so we'll talk about him. Uh, and I also want to talk about Wes Fodringham, who's had a very good season. But first, let's um, let's talk Robin Olsen. Mm. So he came, he wasn't very good, we <laughs> got rid of him. He came <laughs> <Basically>, sore. <laughs> he, um, Olsen has joined, this is just one of the weirder United signings I can remember in my time, in terms of like really what he's done. I th- you know, I think you can look at like when we signed Panos Retsos in the Premier League, but, mm. you know, I can sort of, I mean, the, the pandemic happened, you know, we had lockdown and stuff. Yeah, he clearly, yeah, yeah. you know, we just weren't going to keep him around the place. Olsen, we signed, it was very highly thought of. I was, I thought this was a fantastic signing, yeah. you know, full disclosure, yeah. I'll, I'll happily, uh, you know, stick stick to that take. Sweden's number one goalkeeper is playing the Premier League. I was yeah. thinking that's like the best possible outcome for losing um, Ramsdale close to the end of the transfer uh, deadline, as it yeah. was. He played really poorly. Uh, then he got injured. Fodringham came in and has done well. And now we've basically seen the opportunity to uh, rid ourselves of him and off he's gone to Villa. And presumably that... Uh, alleviates any financial burden that we had in having him around the place. Yeah. What did you really, think of that? Really, just a really disappointing sign. I was the same as you. Uh, I was thinking this guy was second choice at Everton. Sweden's number one. So him in the Oros play brilliant in a couple mm-hmm. of games. I thought this is like a really quite an ambitious sign. This is where I'll sort of, uh, I won't say defend the board or anything like that, but I, I, do, I do think on paper that is quite an ambitious signing for a championship club. Sweden's number one, you know. On loan from, from Roma, Roma. <laughs> yeah, yeah from absolutely. Roma, as your as your first choice, it will have been on a lot of money. I, 
And you thought, well, we've, this is the best of both worlds in a way. We've got rid of Ramsdale for, you know, got the 30 million in for him. But we've also replaced him with this guy who, on paper, is better in the sense that he's got more experience and he's played more international games. And just, I was amazed at how poor he was. I, I, I can't, I, there's obviously these like sort of accusations about he didn't want to be and he didn't try and stuff like that. It's the only thing that makes sense to me at the moment because I don't understand how someone with that amount of experience could make the basic errors that he did. His performance against Blackburn were appalling. Yeah, I fortunately missed that one, but uh, he, he had a stinker basically. I mean, he, you know, it started badly with um, a shocking goal he conceded on his debut against Preston. Um, Preston are in my in my bad books, by the way. Like, can you yeah. just can you just go away? Like, stop drawing too old. <laughs> like, just let us beat you for God's sake. Like. You know, you're a team that has nothing to play for season after season. Stop trying so hard to equalise against yeah, us. Yeah. Anyway, that, <laughs> Robin Olsen. That was really bad. Um, and then he just didn't add any value at all. Uh, you know, there was... I think he had one clean sheet the whole time he was here. And, I mean, you'd have to rack your brain to think of a a sort of stand and applaud kind of moment, again, you know, from a... From something that he did, basically, you know, he's yeah, yeah, agree, agree, yeah. Even you know his his passing, which he is supposed to be, you know, good at for a goalkeeper, maybe not like he were elite. awful at that. He were yeah. really awful at it. Yeah, many a time again. I mean, I'd say he were he were probably solely at fault for at least three goals. And hmm. he said, as you said, I, I can't remember a single moment from him where I thought, oh yeah, this is more like it. You know what I mean? Like this is what we've paid us money for, and this is why. He was just really, really poor. I, I can't believe he's that bad. Yeah. I just can't believe he's had a career that good if he's that bad. Yeah, the Luton, uh, not Luton, sorry. Uh, was it Millwall where this goal from a cross? Like, it just went yeah. over his head, which yeah. I, a bit of a freak goal. But like I say, when, you, when you're not doing anything that adds a bit of value, like well, as in that you, you know, you're making a couple of saves to keep your side you in look the game. At Anderson, when it went through his legs, everyone was saying, terrible mistake. No one got on his back because of the stuff that he'd done for us before. Hmm. And, and yeah, Olsen, Olsen gave us nothing. nothing. Even Fodrigan. Fodrigan made that mistake against Wolves last week. However, yeah, well, last week. Mm-hmm. And, um, a week before, sorry. And uh, and people will say, well, do you know what? Fair play, he's been good. And you get that sort of, you know, you get that uh, leeway if you've yeah. done something. That, but this guy just made bad mistakes and did nothing else other than just concede the goals that he probably should have conceded, but he never, you know, never went that extra mile and saved anything. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so his, his his sort of final stats for United, uh, he faced, uh, his, his XG on target faced was 12. He conceded 16 goals. So he basically let in four more goals than an average goalkeeper should have done. That actually yeah. put in, puts him fifth bottom out of every goalkeeper that's played in the yeah. championship this season of which that doesn't surprise 40. me that does yeah. not surprise me at all where's Verips? he <laughs> uh, is literally just above him and that's only because he's <laughs> basically not hardly played a game but uh, if, yeah. yeah if if yeah. you uh if you adjust it for the number of shots that they've taken uh we have three key, three goalkeepers in the bottom 10 because Ramsdale um <laughs> didn't didn't do anything of note uh in the no. one game that he did play as well yeah. um anyway yeah Olsen so uh, that just went terribly, but at least we've got out of it. I mean, you we've know... We've done really well to get out of it, because I think we were getting to the point where Roma weren't going to have him back because he was third choice, and we're paying whatever we're paying for his wages. Yeah. So why would they take him back? We didn't really want him, because we hadn't got any money, and it was it was number two. There's no way he comes back into the first team if, if he was still here. Yeah, he shouldn't do, to be fair. No. Uh, not, certainly not without something catastrophic happening, but... Yeah, so I'm. I'm well. I've, I think we've done well to get rid of him, but uh, what yeah. a strange situation! I I can't really blame the club for how this no. has gone because, like, like you said, like, how on earth was he this bad? You know, he this wasn't. Is, the, I mean, we're not talking Lee like, Baxter here. It's just when you pay yeah. that much for a keeper with that kind of reputation, and they yeah. do nothing apart from make a couple of mistakes, and as you say, letting all the goals that he should let in with no real yeah. added value, then, yeah, I, I don't know. What what a mess. What a weird like signing. Say, I, I genuinely can't blame the club with this because I think they were ambitious with it. And some people saying, all oh, the scouting were bad. I mean, we all know, look at his career. That, yeah. You know, you don't really need to do that much scouting. It, on paper, that's a really good signing. I think everyone in the division have probably thought, yeah, decent signing that. They're going to be all right in goal this season. But just yeah. awful. But, I mean, he's, he's gone to Villa. 
Say again, sorry. Sorry, Verich is the other one who's gone. I don't think he'll go down as in infamy like Verich will. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, yeah, Olsen off the wage bill, uh, kind of permanently, I guess, because obviously he wasn't our player. Uh, Verips has gone to a team in Holland, I think, right? Something. Yeah, I think he's going to go down. Verips as one of those, oh, like not as bad as Lee Baxter, maybe, but one of those. Oh, we've got another Verips on his hands. Here. <laughs> you uh. know, we ever buy another foreign <laughs> goalkeeper or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, so he's there uh, for the rest of the season, and I think there's a permanent deal yeah. agreed or something. Uh, so essentially, off the wage bill. That's good. Ollie mm. Burke. Somebody has taken Ollie Burke off our hands. <sighs> Strange. Unfortunately, I saw, not... I saw uh, Mil- the Millwall fans sort of doing what every fan does who buys Oli Burke because <laughs> uh, we were the same, not blaming and saying he must have something about him if he's gone for these sort of transfer fees. He's yeah. got to have something about him, you know, 30 million or whatever. He's... I looked at that, I think I said to you, the, the top five highest <laughs> transfer fee pay for Scottish players, he's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> And McBurney's another one, and he's like top and McBurney's five. McBurney's another one, yeah. And so you know, Oof. I think Red Bull bought him for Lightspeed bought him for fifteen million, and then uh, West Brom bought him for fifteen million as well. And, Unbelievable. And um, I can understand Millwall fans thinking, oh, he's probably just had a bad time of it. Little do they know. <laughs> Little do they know. Uh, it's a sh- it's kind of a shame that um, nobody's signed him permanently. But you know, say he does all right at Millwall. His, his value will go up a little bit. Maybe they'll want to sign him permanently. Maybe someone else will think, hey, look, here we go. This yeah. kid has got the, uh, you know, he has got the pedigree after all. So it's probably not the worst thing for us. So that's that's good news. He's, you know, wages are off the uh, off the books, I suppose. I, again, I, I, he's just a player that, even though I said, oh, I sort of probably would have made sense to bring him on against Preston in that specific situation, he's another one where I just think, could we not just give someone else this space on the bench and yeah. you know get some more minutes for someone else? Yeah. Um, so that made me really happy, to be honest, seeing him, somebody take him off our hands. Um, and then just sort of uh, completing that, I suppose. Regan Slater's off to Hull. Yeah. That just seems kind of like uh, Tyler Smith going to Hull, where it's like this guy's not... You know, if he hasn't cracked our team by now... It's probably no. not going to happen. Oh, look, he might, um, he might go on to be a really good player, Regan Slater. I, I've mm-hmm. not seen enough of him. I think we've had three managers who've not picked him, and he's never played above League One level. For the few people like sort of upset I saw on Twitter, my argument against that would be if we'd have signed Regan Slater, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he, and he played for someone else, and you looked at that record, you'd be thinking, what? Why have we brought him in? He's done nothing, you know. But good luck to him. I hope he does. I hope he has a good career. Just that I, I think with how bad our midfield is. One of the three managers would have seen something in him to 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 play because it's the weakest area of the team. I think you're probably right. And uh, as with Tyler Smith, it sounds like we've uh, protected ourselves in terms of a future sell yeah. clause. If he um, if he does have a you know really good career, which yeah. obviously we hope he does, it sounds like he's a, a Blades fan. He's obviously a Sheffield lad. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I feel about that exactly the same as I did with Tyler Smith. It's like you're clearly yeah, not. It's about time move. For him yeah, and for us, you know, rightly or wrongly, you're not going to make our team in the near future. Um, so go and be a championship player somewhere else. Like that's great. That's you know, you're playing for one of the top fifty teams in the country. That's pretty impressive. So yeah, yeah, I think they're going that's, up, uh... aren't they, Hall as well? Because obviously the new manager, new buyout, <laughs> they're really excited. Their fans, they're all like you said, they've all changed the Twitter handles to like turkey flags and yeah, the new <laughs> Turkish ownership. I suppose they, they had a pretty. Uh, torturous ownership before, yes. and I, I don't mean that literally in a <laughs> Saudi Arabian type way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> strange tangent to go on. Back to goalkeepers. Uh, so two two have gone. One is apparently arriving, and that is Adam Davies of Stoke. Uh, we're collecting Davies, mate. We're, we're going to have three Davies three in the same them, yeah. team this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know? What? Let me just check this. Actually, I, I think this was a joke, but. I'm sure somebody said that Adam Davis's middle name. It is flipping egg. <laughs> Do you know what Adam Davis's middle name is? It's not David, is it? <laughs> that would be good. It's Reese. 
Reese. Yeah, so we're going to have Reese Norrington Davis and Adam Reese oh, no. Davis. Oh, no, no, no. It's too confusing. What are we trying to do? Bamboozle the opposition. You, Mark Davis, which one? <laughs> Reese Davis. Oh, which one? Fortunately, it's oh, yeah, uh, well, yeah. not the one with no, gloves I've got on. Some, I've got some views uh, lined up on Davis just uh, for when he uh, signs, and he's. Uh, Pleasingly average the review from, I'd mm. say, which I'm, I'm, what I mean by that is we've said so many times on here, just give us an average goalkeeper and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, this looks like being our first permanent signing since Rian Brewster, so our first permanent signing in about 18 months, I think, which is. I love, like, we just bought Brewster and the Prince went, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I put the last again. guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I'm quite happy about this, but I was quite happy about Robin Olsen. So what the hell do I know at this point? Yeah, like the, basically what the Stoke fans are, like sort of little thing that is that he he came in for Butland. Butland had a shocking spell at Stoke, if you remember, before he left. Mm-hmm. And uh, Davis came in, and, and their fans really liked him. And then he started making a couple of errors. By the sounds of it, someone someone said here that and I think this will do us. It, it doesn't save the shots that you don't expect him to save, but he don't let in the goals that. You were expecting to let in. So it's just, you know, if you have a good enough shot, he's going to go in. He's not a Dean Henderson type of, you know, going to pl- pull off miraculous saves. But yeah. he's just a steady header. And I think with how well Fodringham's played, and I think we've seen enough now of Fodringham to say he deserves to be number one. It's not just a... I, it's weird because if that were Robin Olsen's performances, what Fodringham had put in, I think me and you had been saying, oh, you can see the the class of a, a real mm. goalkeeper and how much it's, it's... It's only because it's Fodringham and, and the history of Fodringham, you know, from Swindon and never really playing above League One level, that it you're still sort of waiting for him to start making errors. But I think he's played enough games now for me, Fodringham, to say that, yeah, he deserves to be number one. But the good thing now is we've also got Davis who's coming in, who, if Fodringham's performances do drop, we've got a really steady replacement there. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, Jake Eastwood, I think he's probably going out on loan again. I think he's might be out of contract this season as well, at the end of this season. Yeah, he's probably well, retiring. So. He's about 55 now, <laughs> Jake Eastwood. He's been around for ages. <laughs> <laughs> so Davies, um, yeah, he, he obviously, uh, he played for Heckingbottom at Barnsley, I believe. Mm. He certainly played yeah, at Barnsley for a while. Him, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that his performances there sort of prompted Stoke to sign him. Uh, he had the joint most clean sheets in League One at that point. Uh, yeah. As you said, he won the starting job at Stoke, and then he actually tore his MCL after um, eight games of the next season, and then lost his lost his job essentially to a, a combination of other goalkeepers. Um, yeah, this season he's been pretty average, as you said. Is is uh, is right middle of the pack on Opta's um, uh, goals prevented rate stat. But yeah, steady, steady signing. We, I would assume, he is better than Verips and better than Eastwood. And I'll probably... be amazed. Just judging by the Stoke views, like even yeah. the people who obviously it's all mixed. Uh, people, even the people who say he's, he's awful, are comparing him to Jack Butland mm. rather than whereas we compare Verips to Lee Baxter. So. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> Um, but we save the best till last in the goalkeeping discussion, and uh, yeah, you, you've you've set this up quite nicely. My my notes here say Wes Fodringham, well done, because as you said, you know he, there is now a body of evidence. It's like he has played really well this season so far, um, and I'm I'm, I'm sort of semi annoyed at myself there for automatically caveating that as like so far. But I think that is, you know, that is the thing of like his previous career up to this point, isn't it? Absolutely, but, absolutely, yeah. But he's done everything that can be asked of him and more. Like he has been a really good Championship goalkeeper. I mean, I'm, I'm looking mm. at the stat I cited earlier about the uh, goals, so Opta's goals prevented thing. He is sixth in the league out of all Championship goalkeepers for, yeah, uh, yeah, basically xG on target uh, minus the actual goals conceded. That's really impressive, and again, if you sort it for, um, uh, if you adjust it for the number of shots he's faced, he's third in the league behind QPRs. Uh, well, actually, he's, he's second in the league if you go on goalkeepers have actually played a decent number of minutes because uh, David Marshall of QPR is ahead of him, but I think he's only played two games. Um, that's really impressive, you know. Really like, is, and he's yeah. and he has made some good saves as well. He's not just been, you know, saved the the easy things and will protect no. him. He. Um, He's done really well, so yeah, tip of the hat to him, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. We, we, I saw him in the preseason friendlies last season, and I thought, whoa, mm. <laughs> why is this man above Simon Moore? Why, why, why are we bothered buying him? And then I saw him in a in a League Cup game, and again, didn't really sort of fill me with confidence. I don't think anybody thought Fodringham were ever going to be sort of a number one for us at any point, yeah. including the management team. But he's taken his chance in the way that football should be done, in the sense that you're given a chance because of injuries or suspensions or whatever, and you take it, and that's exactly what he's done. And he will go through a dodgy spell, because all keepers do anyway. But I think he's got enough credit in the bank now for to at least have that confidence to know that he's able to make a couple of mistakes and he's still going to have the backing of the, the fans behind him. He, I think when he first came in, we were all like, oh, God, when is his first clanger going to come? His mm. first clanger came at Wolves in a game that didn't really matter when it were already 3-0. I think in the league other than like a couple of bad passes out or kicks or whatever, really struggling to to think of anything that he's done that wasn't decent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some good saves, you know, against Preston. He, he mm, kind yeah. of kept us in it, to be honest. You know, yeah. uh, they had a couple of good opportunities, made a great save from a, a header in, um, I think it was still 2-0 at that point, wasn't it? Was it Whiteman that yeah. had the header, actually? I think, um, yeah, and he tips it over the bar. Brilliant save, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had absolutely nothing to do against Luton and or, or Derby, to be honest. Um, and obviously, he conceded two, yeah, two no goals. Yeah, no chance against Derby. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, he's he's been a it's been a real positive. I didn't expect it this from him at all. I mean, I, I still think, you know, he's not. He shouldn't be number one to start next season. You know, I, I would hope that Davies can do that, or we're looking at that. You know, someone else next season. I, I imagine it's going to be him and Davies now. But he's. I, I think he's if Fodringham carries on these performances until the end of the season, he probably does deserve to stay as number one. Yeah, no. You're, because you're that will be a full right. season of him being number one, pretty yeah. much, anyway. At Championship level, he's only 31 as well, you know. Keepers, they, they don't even get going till then, do they? So no, maybe, maybe this is it. Born, maybe. Well, Kevin Keegan once said they're not born until the 30s. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know. It, for what we were saying about some of this team is a bit unlikable. Um, this is a nice little sort of subplot in the season, yeah. and you know, League One Wes uh, not used as an insult in this club at the minute. I think everyone, no. I don't know, everyone wants to see him do well. He is doing well. We've had some. You do your top five players of this season. He probably gets in here. He probably does, yeah. Uh, and I mocked you for saying we needed to. Uh, build next see, season see, as soon as I said that on this uh, podcast they were after the Blackbird game and I said mm. keep Wes you know and everyone oh what an idiot look at him now give him that confidence to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I just wanted to raise that because I mean there's two things here we've unquestionably been better defensively uh, as in we've defended in front of uh, the goalkeeper much better uh, mm. from basically the time that he came into the team because we switched to a back three about that time so he has been better protected than any other goalkeeper that's played for us this season. But at the same time, he's played a lot better than all those other goalkeepers yes. as well. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's a you know that's an encouraging foundation. I just think we've left far too much to do. The the only way we're going to get in the playoffs really, or even get near the playoffs, is if a Gibbs White is back in the team very quickly. And I think three three other players have to basically play to the standard that Gibbs White plays at. So, you know, Brewster could yeah. be one, Boga could be one, and Jai could be one. Yeah. But it's it's a big ask for all of them to <laughs> put it together to that standard. I think we're looking at, I mean, how many games are left? 23, is it? Something like that? Uh, 21. 21 for us. 21. Yeah. We probably need to win 14, 15, and then a few draws. Yeah, I guess so. Something like that. We're on now 37 points, 36 points. So, yeah, I suppose we win a... We just basically do the same in the second half of the season. You get to mid seventy points, be all right. Maybe get away yeah. with 12, 12 wins out of twenty-one. Let's go. Yeah, let's, well, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, like next... I say, if we've still got something to play for in the last like couple of games, I'll I'll be pretty. I'll take that now. Yeah, fair dues. Uh, well, the next game is Peterborough away, and uh, the the game that kickstarted the Yakanovic era. Or, or not <laughs> the six, <laughs> yeah. the six-two yeah. earlier in the season, the yeah. uh, a, a total flash in the pan. It turned out yeah. um, in terms of United's uh, attacking prowess and the Yukanovic era. Uh, Peterborough have been pants, mate. Uh, are, are you fully aware of their pants levels this season? I didn't realise they've been that 
pants, but uh, I did know that they've obviously, well, I can see the league table, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they sit third bottom ahead of Derby uh, and Barnsley. So, you know, in a true table, they would be second bottom. The worst goal difference in the league by quite a margin. They've got minus 30 goals. Uh, Barnsley are the next worst with 20, minus 21. Second lowest scorers, the joint most goals conceded. They, are the th- they have the third worst XG for, the second worst XG against. They are basically not in a false position, although I guess they are because Derby would be well above them. <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that was... And just some other stats. I mean, this was true the first time we played them, and it's still true now. They're one of the um, the least aggressive pressing teams in the league, which is That's quite it. nice. Come on, Northern Abraham, this is your this is your time to shine. Time to shine. Uh, we have to beat Peterborough um, if we have any aspirations <laughs> to be anything above lower mid table. Even they're not a good team. We are better than them. Um, we need to go to Peterborough this weekend. This is and, where a Peterborough uh, podcaster so hears that clips you uh, as it like cuts to them scoring their second goal of the game and winning 2 <laughs> 0. That's absolutely fine. There's no guarantees in football, but we have to oh. beat Peterborough if we're going to go anywhere this season. You know, there's no, there can't be any excuses uh, for not beating them unless we're just going to finish mid table. So that's where, that's where yeah. I will feel after that. But, you know, that's a great chance to get a win. If you do, then you sneak up potentially just like. What maybe five points off the playoffs after that, something like that. Yeah, possibly yeah. something like that. Five, With six. Yeah, then you games, in games in hand. You're, you're thinking it's in our hands now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, I've got my tickets for this. I like Peterborough away, uh, so I'm looking forward to this. Are oh, you going to this? Yeah, yeah. Te- taking me oh. dad for his birthday. Oh yeah, you did say this. I apologise. Yeah, you did say this. Yeah, I mean it's on TV in it. Half five kickoff. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, I knew it was half five kickoff. Keep forgetting it's on on TV. Yeah, so I'll be keeping it. Yeah, I'll be keeping a, uh, an eye on... Well, I'll be watching it in the pub. But, <laughs> uh, Strange game and, to put on television, this one, Sky. It really mm. is. There's quite a few of our games coming up on TV uh, in the next few weeks as well. I think Birmingham's next Friday, I think. Is that right? Is that on Sky as well? And, well, it's Friday night, so I presume it's on Sky. Yeah, it must be, yeah. Excellent. Um, um, yeah, so we've got... Yeah, it's going to be... The battle of 11th versus Sky. 18th next week. Sky not got the memo that we're, <laughs> we feel like we're 11th. It's very I, yeah, bizarre. I don't know. They, they just they can't wait to see Jack Robinson's redemption. I think that's what it is. <laughs> You've seen it. Like, sort of... <laughs> One... Sort of uh... <laughs> One note of caution with Peterborough. They have just signed a new goalkeeper after having a... Uh... Is it a bit of a... <laughs> no, but all their other goalkeepers have are basically next to Verrips on those stats that I mentioned earlier. Um, they brought in Stephen Bender on loan from Swansea. Uh, he made his <laughs> he made his debut this weekend. Um, yeah, the, their other keepers have struggled massively. So yeah, maybe he uh, maybe he you know helps turn that round and uh, b- becomes a hero for them and frustrates the Blades this weekend. But um, I really yeah. hope not. And uh, yeah, that that could get a little bit interesting if we win two in a row again and sneak up the league. I mean, this is the thing with you know. I'm sorry, I'm aware I'm blathering on here, so we will wrap this up shortly. But you look <laughs> at when Heckingbottom took over. You know, we what has he got? Five wins, four wins. He's been, draw? Yeah, his record has been. If we match that for the rest of the season, we are in the playoffs. I think we will be. Yeah, and should be yeah. said, he wasn't actually. At the Derby game, because he tested positive for COVID, so no, no. that one doesn't count. And we should have beaten Blooming Preston, you know. That should have been uh, five wins in six or four wins in five. Do you know five, what? If we'd have won that game, I think I'd have been far more positive in this podcast, mm. at least. Anyway. I think I'd have been thinking, because that's an extra two points, you'd have been what, six off that, would have been with two games in hand. And mm-hmm. I think you'd be thinking... Three you games know, that, in hand. Three games in hand, sorry. And I think you'd be thinking, this is... We're on, not only are we on a good run, we've had that one disappointment against Derby, which I, I suppose psychologically you could put down to the fact that we've not played. You could mm-hmm. you could tell yourself that at least and say, you know, yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. the first game back after a month. We're picking up and picking up. Those two points dropped at Preston really knocked my duck off because I think if we'd have won that, followed that up with the 2 0 at Luton, I'd be so up for this Peterborough game thinking we could be like three points off the playoffs by Saturday, yeah. Saturday evening. But, and, but you know, it's, it's still early. It really is. And. Hopefully those home games, because you know our own form's been pretty good since. I say since second bottom's coming, it's been two games, but <laughs> two for two. It's been better than it was so, yeah. under uh, Yukanovich. Yeah, anyway, exactly. But... Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I, I just want something to, 
I think the the support will get better if, in terms of the noise, if we feel like there's a goal that we're aiming for or, or something to to achieve. Like you get you win one nil, two nil, whatever on Saturday, and you think, hey, where are we? Eight yeah. points off the playoffs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's <laughs> quite it's difficult to to get yourself that up to it and uh, up for it until you can actually see that you're closing in on something. I think. Yeah. Completely agree. So that's Peterborough next. Uh, yeah, let's let's hope we can get uh, the win there that we we should get. To be perfectly honest, hopefully, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit concerned that Gibbs White is still. There's not many mutterings about his availability. No, is there? Um, no nothing so, at all. No. So yeah, I think it's probably safe to assume that he's not going to be starting at the at the very least this weekend. But we shall see, I suppose. Uh, let's wrap up there, mate. What have you? Well, I know what you've got to plug, but uh, over yeah. to you. Well, first I've got a view from Luton, which are very bitter. Love it. Mm. Loving those sort of uh, view from uh, a lot of the old. They're not as good as Wednesday, which is always a, a good sign that you beat someone. I always yeah. think like if like if you if you read the view from without knowing the score, you'll. Within the first three or four comments, you know what's happened, basically, just by <laughs> judging by how the opposition fans have reacted towards you. But, yeah, very uh, nice little bit of view from I'm going to try and get a loan update done this week. I keep threatening this, but it, it never happens. And, obviously, the Mainly episode featuring yours truly, uh, where we talked yeah. about um, the early internet. That was great fun. I really, uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, talking AOL, badger, badger, badger.com, all sorts of... Uh, <laughs> All sorts of stupid nonsense. Yeah, thanks a lot for yeah. having me on that. I really enjoyed it. No, yeah, thanks for coming on. I was really enjoyed it. Uh, I've not listened back to it, actually. Uh, I sometimes I've listened back just to see what nonsense I've said and have to defend myself the next week. Uh, but, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I really enjoyed uh, recording it anyway. And uh, hopefully we've got some more in the pipeline once I get myself mm. together a bit. So. Yeah, you, you incriminated yourself numerous times on that uh, on that yeah. podcast with various transgressions that I won't spoil for anyone who's not listened to it yet but I uh, strongly recommend that it is Living With Maidley is the podcast and uh, yeah Roy'sViewFrom.com for the latest views from uh, from here there and everywhere um, right mate well we'll finish there you follow Andrew at Panchero on Twitter and me at BladesPod and uh, yeah I think I think we're, we're out of here mate and uh, I will catch up with you very soon no doubt maybe uh uh, I'll see what you're doing for that Birmingham game. I'll be uh, join you in the pub for that one. Fair play, mate. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks a lot, mate. Nice one. Thanks again. Hello again, BladesPod listeners. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And thank you also to NordPass, the leading password manager who kindly support this podcast. NordPass is brought to you by the cybersecurity experts who built NordVPN, another friend of the podcast, of course, who you will have heard earlier, and uh, are used by more than 14 million people worldwide to get added security and speed when using the old internet there. Uh, NordPass is everything I need in a password manager. It keeps all my passwords in one place. It's accessible with just a single master password, means that's the only thing I need to remember, and they can generate ultra-secure new passwords with just a single click. Their autofill feature also helps me log in near instantly to whatever site or account I'm using without having to rack my brains for whatever details I came up with months or years before when I created that account. And NordPass are offering a great deal to BlazePod listeners this month. You can get 52% off NordPass if you sign up at nordpass.com slash BlazePod or just use the code BlazePod on sign up. That's 52% off a two-year plan plus one month absolutely free. Head to nordpass.com slash BlazePod now and boost your own online security. Thank you once again for listening and downloading BladesPod. We'll be back after the next game.